You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having. But you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and on Facebook, facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Show your support for Real Men Feel by shopping at realmenfeel.org slash swag, by visiting digitaltipjar.com slash realmenfeel, or even text us a tip. You can show some love for Real Men Feel by texting Real Men Feel, that's all one word, to 504-226-5306. You'll receive a link back to complete your tip and choose the amount. This is a weekly program and your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And once again, the Real Men Feel show is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for an ongoing conversation of what it means to be a man in the 21st century. You know, the, the, the topic today is something I knew I wanted to talk about um, a couple months ago. Um, back on April 4th, we had to put my dog down, my dog Sadie, my three-legged shelter dog. And I immediately wrote a post for the Good Men Project about the connection, the emotional bond between men and dogs that I've seen in myself, that I've seen in neighbors and friends and people in, in pop culture or just all over the place. But I knew I couldn't talk about it <laughs> that soon. I needed this gap of time or else this would just be me as a blubbering mess, which I've done plenty of those shows, but I kind of like to get away from that every now and then. Um, but literally just minutes before the show, I came across a video that I've been looking for for years and it was still live on YouTube, but it was um, a video of a five month old three legged puppy named Sadie at the pound at the shelter that we got her from. And, uh, and I'm just, I just, I, Literally found it 15 minutes ago, and I was on the verge of tears just watching this this one minute of this puppy playing again. And uh, you know, there'll never be a day where I won't have some emotion showing up for this. And I also realized, well, good, because I don't want that day to come. But I've I've had enough distance that I can talk about this. Um, so that's what we're doing. So this is just uh, it, it's a discussion. Uh, me and me and some other men talking about our feelings, our relationships, our lessons from dogs. So joining me tonight are two guys from the uh, the private Real Men Feel Facebook group. We have Richard and Sean. So Richard, why don't you say hello? Hey, everyone. And Good Sean? to be here. Yep. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Cool, cool. Um, so again, I lost, uh, we had to put my dog Sadie down in April. And it was June five years ago that we got her. And uh, June, last June, she began having seizures. 
just these epileptic seizures that I didn't know dogs had, but they have grand mal seizures. And she made it for another nine months before we just, they weren't stopping. And we finally had to, had to put her down. But, um, but I know Richard, you've lost, you lost your dog even more recently, right? Yeah. Just, uh, under five weeks actually. And wow. a puppy. Oh my God. Not I didn't even two, not even two years old, six mm. days under two years old. And was that uh, a sudden thing? Did, did you know something was up or? No clue. Um, adopted this uh, little boy. He's a third of my three by Blue Shelties. So I have two others. Um, they are five and six years old. And um, so we had uh, Sterling Blue uh, that I adopted. Uh, he, uh, our, our breeder um, is in Nashville area. And we got all three from her. Um, so I flew to Nashville to pick him up last or September two years ago because it was too hot in Arizona to fly them under his cabin. So I had to go and transport him. So just fell in love with him there. And believe it or not, the color he was like almost all silver. Um, I have been seeking for about 30 years to get that color. Hmm. Uh, it's by blue, Sheltie. Uh, all of mine are by blue, but the oldest is uh, mostly black and white. The other one is half black and half gray. They all have a little white, but they have no tan on them. That distinguishes the by blue. But I had a Sheltie years ago who was a blue merle. He had a little bit of tan on him. But his brother, when I adopted Conrad uh, many years ago now, uh, was a by blue and I've wanted one ever since. They're a little hard to find that all silver color. So I got him. Uh, he was the life of the party in our house. The energy changed, the high vibration so high I can't even begin to describe. Um, he got the other two boys going. He kept uh, my partner Cameron and I going. Um, very high energy. So answer your question. Did I know? Um, no. So I think it was a uh, Friday, um, about almost five weeks ago. And um, he didn't come to the bathroom when I got up first thing in the morning because they'll tend to come in and say hello. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. Mm -hmm. And so I went and checked on him and I could tell he wasn't feeling good. And so uh, it was like a matter of six days later, we put him down. So there's quite a bit to the story there that week. But yeah, I was sudden. Had no clue he was sick. Yeah. Wow. Six days later, we found out uh, after going through some tests that week that uh, he had a rare, acute form of leukemia. And so I was at work when I got that final word um, and just made a decision we were going to have to put him down that week or that day and uh, just devastated. Mm. Uh, I could barely, you know, I, I was just sobbing uncontrollably. Yeah. Went and talked to my manager, let her know what was going on. I couldn't even talk for a while. She said, Richard, what's going on? I was hugging her. I know her very well. And just crying um, as hard as anyone can cry. And she, I couldn't even get the words out for a bit. And she said, Richard, what's going on? You're scaring me. I was just holding her so tight because I knew I was losing my baby. Mm. Awful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. And and Sean, mm. you, you have... You have <laughs> Healthy live dogs at the moment. <laughs> I, don't know how to do I, I do. I do. I have a 
a five-year-old golden retriever and a ten-year-old uh, Jack Russell who has had many lives. <laughs> well, cool. Then uh, you'll you'll yes. help keep this from being just a wake. <laughs> <laughs> so I really want to, um, you know, you know, I talked about it. Um, uh, Richard, you're already you're already right there sharing it. it, it I, I, I was uh, I've been shocked by the amount of grief I've had over dogs um, compared to, to people. Um, is, is that an experience that you guys have had too? It yes. is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so why do you think that is? To me, there's a soul connection, uh, really strong. And first of all, um, I, I, I'm totally fine with your topic, men and dogs. For me, I cannot really call my children dogs. To me, they're <laughs> my boys. So... Um, I even hear my partner and I don't say anything about it. It's like, you know, whatever dog. It's like, how can you call him a dog? You know, um, I don't do that with mine. I, I occasionally have to refer, but even like talking to strangers, I'll say my boys and they kind of have to figure out, you know, if I'm a gay male and I'm like in my sixties, you know, that I may not have small boys, but they kind of have to figure it out. But, um, <laughs> but, my, here's a good example of what you're saying, I think. My Sheltie from about a little over 20 years ago now, um, totally like soulmate, I felt like. He was 13 and a half years, was sick, and we had to put him down. So that was a tremendous loss to me. Um, I had just moved to Boise about the year before, and um, six months after I put Conrad down, I lost my dad in December, and nine weeks later, my mom. So three major losses, and they were both in their 60s. So the loss of my dog was tougher than even like my mom, who I was extremely close. It was just a different loss. Mm -hmm. And my mom was horribly painful, um, but there was something different about my boy. <laughs> yeah, my, um, I, I lost my dad last August, and this mo this this Father's Day, just a couple weeks ago, I was thinking more of Sadie than my dad. And I was like, wow, this is really bizarre. This this is the weekend I'm supposed to be thinking about how much I miss my dad, isn't it? But it was all dog that's there for me. So, um, so, so Sean, what, what, what's the connection been like with, with your current dogs or past relationship with dogs for you? Well, you know, it's, it's varied. You know, it's been, you know, unfortunately been through several dogs over the years. Um, you know, the one, one of them really hit me and it hit me very strangely. I had a dog when I was, uh, in high school and, you know, come from a family of four, the dog became mine. I don't know how, you know, and if, you know, you have these interesting relationships with the dog, you know, uh, you know, I take the dog to bed, the dog would get on my bed as I'm getting ready for bed. And then I just snap my fingers, dog, get off the bed. And it was a big golden retriever, single bed. So I get in the bed. The golden retriever get into bed and nobody moved the rest of the night. So, um, so she was my dog and, you know, uh, I went away to university and it was shortly after I got my first job, which was away from home. And, you know, just chatting with my family about it. Oh yeah. We had to put down the dog. And I was like, 
okay, you didn't even tell me you were going to put down the dog, you know. And it didn't really hit me then, but the girl I was dating at the time came to visit me that weekend and gave me a little beanie, beanie dog. Uh, and man, I bawled my eyes out for, must have been an hour, you know, just to really, you know, miss the dog. And, you know, it was just such a surprise, I guess, you know, to lose a dog. You know, when I've had to put down dogs, unfortunately, and those, it's very sad, but it was more different than that it was a surprise for me. So, yeah, the, the, the first dog I has had as, as an adult with me and my wife getting, and we don't have kids. So I, I get Richard's point of, no, there are boys and, you know, and, uh, so our dog Homer, we had a, a hound dog for 10 years and, and he was, he, he got, he left the yard for the first time since he was a puppy and oh. was struck by a car in front of our house. Oh, and that was devastating. Like as mm -hmm. rough as putting Sadie down was. That, that that instant shock and was way more horrible. Like I, it took, it took, God, at least eight weeks before I could drive back into my driveway and not see that that body laying there. Still, mm -hmm. it was just um, so I consciously and and after that, I, like I don't know about you guys, but I didn't I didn't have pictures of my dog around. You know, say it was only once Homer was gone that mm -hmm. I we put up pictures and stuff and celebrated. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a blog post about all the lessons I had learned, and it became mm -hmm. uh, an ebook, and then it turned into a uh, it became a chapter in a book by Louise Hay, "You Can Heal Your Heart." Mm -hmm. So once once we got Sadie, who was just again this three legged just bouncing piece of resilience, is that's why I, mm -hmm. oh my god that's my next dog. As soon as I saw that that video I mentioned earlier, um, I part of the vow I made as as growing as a pet owner was. I, I'm not going to wait till you're gone to celebrate you and, mm -hmm. and do a daily card. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sadie became a star on, on social media. And I heard yeah. from all sorts of people that noticed we will miss Sadie and people had, had never even commented about it while she was around. But no, I looked at it every day and that was such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the things that, that I've learned and, and grown in my relationships. But yeah, that, that, that gut wrenching shock value of, of, of losing anyone you love, you know, suddenly and, right, right. and the tragedy mm -hmm. is just so different. So, yeah. And, 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 I, and Sean, your story reminds me of what, well, yeah, when I was in college, the dog I grew up with, yeah, um, died while I was away at college. So it just mm -hmm. seemed like, Oh, okay. I, yeah, it, it was weird. It didn't, it wasn't, I, I didn't have the grief until I went home and just kept, Hey, where, where's, where's pal? Where, where's pal? What's going on? <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very bizarre. So, so, so my theory about, you know, men and dogs is that it, it comes down to unconditional love, right? The, the, the dog loves you, you know, you can be playing ball with them or you mm -hmm. can have just been yelling at them and they, you know, it all, anything bad goes right off their back. They don't hold grudges. They don't, they don't cheat on you. They don't turn on you. They don't gossip about you. They don't bully you. Just, you know, just especially growing up as a kid, like really a dog can really feel like your best friend at times. but I, again, I've been shocked seeing in myself, in friends, in family, in, in guys that just don't show emotion mm -hmm. are emotional with their dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would agree with you, Andy, you know, because you're right. The dog will always love you. It's always there, always wants to play. And, you know, whether you uh, yelled at it or whatever, it's it's like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> You know, my wife gets all upset at times, you know, when people come over and a dog is just there. It's like, come on, <laughs> just 
I'm, I'm here happy to see you. Yeah. They're happy to see everybody, which is kind of scary because if somebody comes in to rob the house, I'm sure the dog would be there. Sure. I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> so in, uh, it, I, like, I don't want to diminish women and connection to, to dogs or pets or anything. But why I want to focus on men, it's like I'm not sure if it's you know, men are encouraged to show emotions with dogs or just it's the one area of life we're not shamed for doing so. Well, the dog doesn't give a damn. Right? The dog's <laughs> happy all the time. So um, whether you are or not, the dog's happy. And I think uh, I know for me it, it helps draw you out because, you know, if somebody is happy in your space, it makes it easier for you to be happy. Right, that whole contagious energy mm -hmm. and emotion. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Andy, also, um, just recently, you know, talking with my one of my customers in uh, retail that, uh, uh, you know, about the loss of uh, Sterling, um, she's talking about her husband, has, his his father had passed away and never cried, and then when his dog died, it's like he's just sobbing, you know. So mm -hmm. it kind of goes with that same. Theory, what you're saying there is like, you know, men just have that connection and release, you know, with the pet over mm -hmm. even our parents or our father, like pretty much the same situation with you. I'm sure you, you know, had maybe different experience with your dad, but that he didn't cry, but he did with his pet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, uh, why do you think that is? I think a lot of it is what you said earlier, truly that unconditional love. Uh, with people, there seems to always be some type of condition, no matter how good the relationship is. It seems like it's just, I mean, what person, no matter how fondly you think of them, have you really had an unconditional experience the whole way through? And the dogs truly are unconditional. They, you know, I mean, you can beat them and they're going to be back unconditionally. You know, I can remember back, uh, sadly to say, uh, more in graduate school, and I was going through a horrible emotional time, and I had two uh, different dogs at different times then, and, um, you know, I, looking back on it, I was abusive to them, and I wouldn't ever consider myself that I would be abusive, but it was just trying to do discipline, but I didn't really know, uh, like poor parenting as a young parent or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, you know, remember them one, for example, you know, and very shame to say this, but you know, where they chewed up like one of the lawn's chairs outside and like I, I just folded it and like just shook it. Don't do this, you know? That was very abusive. And I remember my neighbor said, you know, if I see you doing that again, I'm gonna call the authorities. You know, but I didn't consider myself abusive, but mm -hmm. I was really um, you know, was a tough well, I was uh, emotionally going through so much pain and mm -hmm. uh, I was actually suicidal because I was um uh, in Graduate school mm -hmm. in a, a religious institution. My undergraduate degree was in religion. I was coming out gay. So I was torn to pieces of who the hell was I and, uh, and feeling pain. And I do not know. And I'll, I'll share this. And this is just one of those secrets you don't tell hardly anybody. It's like, I don't know why I had so much pain. I remember wanting to just stab my dog mm -hmm. and. I, I would never want to hurt them ever, but that was feelings I had. It was some kind of feeling. I don't know why it went to the dog, 
uh, because I was not angry at the dog. I just remember that was a feeling from my depression and suicidal tendencies at that time. Uh, well, I, thanks for sharing that because that, yeah, that's, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've been depressed and suicidal and part of the amazing thing is, is the dog that doesn't care and being home alone and crying and my dog finds me and yeah. the head on the lap and looks at you like, what's the matter, Andy? You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, but I could also, I, I don't recall, I don't recall having an experience like you just described, but I, I'd be surprised if I didn't. And again, it's a way to, to hurt yourself by striking out at something that loves you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I've, I've tried to push humans away at times like that. So yeah, probably trying to push the dog away too. Like, you know, don't, don't you love me? I'm unlovable. Right. Yeah. There was nothing against the dog at all. I, I yeah. just remember having that thought. I, I don't, I didn't like it at the time. I don't like it now. I don't know if I've ever even told anybody that, uh, mm -hmm. ever, but, uh, that was thoughts I had. And I love my, those two dogs and, uh, it was a different kind of relationship than I have with them now as an older mm -hmm. adult. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember one, like the relationship I was in at the time, my first uh, real relationship, and the dog chewed up a carton of my partner's cigarettes and said, that dog's got to go. And I got rid of that dog. I would never do that mm -hmm. now. You know, mm -hmm. I ended up uh, taking him to uh, Tennessee, and my mm -hmm. aunt took him in, or mm -hmm. took her in, rather, her. Mm -hmm. and uh, But I'd never do that today but just you know just really <laughs> uh tough emotional time for me during that time period yeah mm -hmm. no yeah mm -hmm. it's a uh, it's like the old cliche of looking for love in all the wrong places right yeah and they weren't <laughs> afraid of me you know like i was abusive like they were afraid of me or anything like that but yeah. i i saw some things where i was trying to be you know discipline them but mm -hmm. I, I wasn't doing it in the best way like a new parent uh mm -hmm. but I, I loved them dearly as well. Mm -hmm. So when, when you guys were growing up, um, we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but did, were you seeing um, older men or family members be emotional about the dogs? You know, I, I don't, you know, the first, the first dog that passed away was a beagle that we had. And I don't remember my father being emotional, but I do remember that you know, it seemed crazy at the time. My father put the dog in the car and took him to work and brought him home. You know, and his explanation was, this is her last ride, you know, before we ended up burying her in the backyard together. So, you know, he, he didn't show it, but, you know, I could tell that there was something, something going on there. Yeah. So he had more, more actions and kind of want, wanted some ritual and ceremony to. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, Richard, what about what you growing up? I don't really remember. I grew up in East Tennessee, and um, my perception of dogs—I mean, truly, they'd be called dogs if that. Growing mm -hmm. up, in my opinion, not my boys. And um, I remember having uh, that's probably in junior high, and um, wanted a dog, and uh, I, I got one from. Uh, my uncle's girlfriend, I really uh, cared for the dog and probably wasn't being real responsible at that age of taking care of it. But mm -hmm. we were in East Tennessee and way out in the country. Mm -hmm. um, 
and our neighbor down the street, not far at all, uh, my dog had killed one or so of their chickens and told my parents about it. Mm-hmm. So my dad took the dog to a different neighborhood and just dropped it off. Mm-hmm. So I lost that dog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going back to the feeling, this neighbor, like, is either him or his brother, ended up killing his brother. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, my neighbor killed his brother. My dog killed their chicken, and I lost my dog. And um, kind of interesting. Like, I'm really kind of seeing a lot of loss mm-hmm. throughout time. Maybe there's – it's kind of come to me. Maybe this is a some kind of a message for me. I'm getting it as I speak of some of the loss. And there's another tragic loss I had with the uh, – I'll just share it real quickly. Before I got this, these three sets, after my first Sheltie that I was like soulmate about mm-hmm. 20 some years ago, it took me seven years before I got another dog. Part of it was my partner. And I'll share this. I wanted to, the, and this will share a little more of my feelings with the dogs or mm-hmm. my boys. I wanted the dog so bad, I was willing to leave my partner. And mm-hmm. he kept saying no. I, mm-hmm. I would search occasionally and I found mm-hmm. one at a pet store in Florida and he kind of fell in love with the puppy as well. We got the <laughs> puppy. Um, he came to us from Florida, Pennsylvania to Phoenix and on the way from the airport, something was wrong with the dog. I could tell he was like eight weeks old mm-hmm. and um, got him home and he was having some bleeding. I started researching that till about two in the morning. Uh, mm-hmm. I was exhausted. The puppy and I was exhausted. I put him to bed there mm-hmm. beside the bed and uh, woke in the morning and I thought, oh, he's resting. And I kept looking, but I don't see him breathing. Mm-hmm. So that little long story short, um, he was dead of Parvo. We had had him eight hours and uh, that, that was about eight. Almost eight years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeesh. <laughs> Lay off the, tra- the tragic losses, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So I really have a lot of nice, wonderful, good stories. Uh, just uh, I'm really in grief with my current puppy of this loss. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but I have you know amazing, fun stories, joy, some of the best times of my life. So. I should probably talk about some of those. And not <laughs> Wait, you know, why, why I ask is, um, so when I was, at, one of the youngest memories I have is at the drive-in with, with my cousins and uncle and grandfather and the move, one of the opening movies back when drive-ins existed for people that weren't aware of them, they'd be, out, so they'd be like three or even four movies at a time. And one of the early ones was the old Disney movie, um, Old Yeller. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And <laughs> that, that's the proper reaction if you've seen it. Yes. You know, and it's yes. really comes out, you know, it's a, about a boy and a dog. And I think, I think mm-hmm. is it Kurt Russell is the kid? Does that sound true? I don't remember who the actors I, were. It might be. Uh, yeah. Paul I mean, Geller was the, was the star. Yes. Right. And there's some boy there getting in his <laughs> that's way. That's right. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, just to, to, to totally spoil it, um, old Geller um, dies at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And my uncle, a hunter, a drinker, a NASCAR fan, balling in the car. My grandfather, balling in the car. And, and me and all my cousins, you know, we're age, you know, from six to 10, the, the bunch of us. Uh-huh. 
we're all balling. But then as soon as everyone noticed, it started, I'm not crying, you're crying. No, I have a lot of, lot of onions in this car. Like all the, you know, all the covering up started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I learned both that, you know, wow, you're so, guys can cry at dogs, but then you have to bust each other's balls about it and pretend you weren't crying about the dog. Mm-hmm. But that was really the first time and could be the only time I remember seeing my grandfather and, and my uncle both crying about the same thing, or if, mm-hmm. if not if at all, but. So, Sean, you've seen Old Yeller. You responded to that. I've seen Old Yeller. Yes. Yes. And it's, a guy. Yeah, and it's, it's more than he died at the end. Come on, Andy. I mean, I'm, I don't oh. it, how many decades since I've seen it. Um, yes, I know. I know. That's that's an old movie. Yeah. And that's the problem. I'm like, I don't know if it's I don't know if that that's ever been remaked. You know, they reboot everything else. I'm surprised. I wonder if that would work these days. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know, but uh, so Rich, Rich, enough action in that movie. Yeah, well, yeah, they'd spice it up, right? Die Hard with Old Yeller, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so trying to think of like other times, men and emotion were okay, and it was Old Yeller and mm-hmm. Brian's song. Which yes, was about football players. So you could, mm-hmm. we could, I could, I could cry about it, losing a dog or losing a football mm-hmm. player, and anything <laughs> else was verboten. That was pretty much it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Richard, have you seen Old Yeller? Do you know that movie? I have not. I've heard of it, of course. I haven't seen it, so yeah, I wrote it on my don't, list. Don't see it, re- don't see it soon. I do not don't see it soon, yeah. You don't need it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I was suggested to see A Dog's Purpose, um, and I did see that uh, after Sterling passed. Uh, it was tough to see at that time. So Yeah, I did, but it always, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like it, 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 hmm. so what do you do you instead of someone else's story, do you have a sense of any of your dog's purpose and how they impacted you? You talking to me? Yeah. I do. Um I first Shelty Conrad, so the, he was the one I told you passed before my mom and dad. Um we just had a strong soul connection. I think of him still every day. It's been about 14 years now since he passed. Um, he did live a full life. We did a lot of things together. Um, it's like he was truly uh, a guardian angel in the flesh for me. Um, that was going through, you know, had gone through relationship breakup. Um, Still dealing with kind of, you know, who I am, um, moving into new relationship and things like that. And it, he was always there for me. You know, if I was down, if I was upset, he was the one taking care of me. He truly was there for me. I mean, I, I loved him. I uh, took really good care of him. Uh, but he was truly there for me. If I'm upset, he'd bring me a toy uh, to play with and things uh, pretty amazing. Uh, a relationship like I've had with no other, and uh, uh, just terrific. Uh, so, purpose being an angel there for me during a difficult time in my life, and we shared a lot of joy. Um, Sterling, uh, short period, and uh, I mentioned. I mean, he truly instantly brought a joy into our home that like raised the vibration from like. Uh, 10 to like a thousand, it seemed like. 
and uh, and it's missed. It's still missed. Uh, that vibration is just not here, no matter how much joy. And so I'm still processing that. I hope to do some writing, maybe even a book uh, about him um, and lessons I've learned from him during that short, less than two years that I had with him. But the impact on me on a soul level is really strong. So I feel strongly there's a message I can't understand at all why he had to leave. I have been given a message from an animal communicator that he was a an old soul and that his purpose was served here and that it would have uh, not been productive for him to stay longer. That's all I have kind of so far. So I'm trying to figure all that out. And right now I'm just going with, um, you know, not seeking any uh, psychics or anything with it right now. I'm just trying to sort it out right. on my own for this time period. But I'd like to have some answers. So. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Sean, any top of mind, any any lessons or purpose or special anything from any dog that you've ever had? Uh, I don't think anything really sticks out to me, you know, especially now with what Richard's been through. But, you know, I think it's just really just to be always welcoming and happy. You know, you look at how they treat people and how they treat you, no matter what what's going on. And, you know, I think that's the, the thing to remember for me. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, so my dog Homer again, having him for ten years, it was during the time that I really, you know, uh, became an energy coach and got more spiritual and working with the Akashic Records and stuff. And I, in his kind of last year that he was around, he had a, a weird little like tremor in his jaw. And every time I like see that happen, I just had this like feeling from him that, oh, you know, you know, we're we're closer to the end than the beginning, mm-hmm. and you're trying to let me know that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then, you know, the night we we lost him, um, we we have an invisible fence, and Homer would be out running around. It would just come scratch at the door when he wanted to come in, and mm-hmm. he'd scratch at the front door. And my wife Lori was was upstairs, and she didn't get right to it. Mm-hmm. She's like, wait, was she was finished whatever she's doing? She get up and open the door, and he wasn't there, which is not a surprise. Sometimes we scratch and then see something and <laughs> run away, not mm-hmm. a big deal. And but then the phone rang, and someone asked, you know. Um, a friend of Lois was driving by the house and said, where's Homer? And she's like, he's outside. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor starts crying already on the phone mm-hmm. saying, it's the dog looks just like Homer on the street. I hope it's not him. And like, what? So Lori felt guilty. Like if, because she didn't open the door fast enough, that's what mm-hmm. killed Homer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, that, that, that's the first time I had ever consulted an animal communicator, like, like Richard mentioned. And, you know, I talked to the animal communicator after I'd written this blog post about all the, all the lessons I'd gotten because, yeah, overnight I was, you know, distraught, but I woke up like, all right, I want to focus on the joy, the gratitude, mm-hmm. all the pleasantries, all the, the lessons from Homer instead of, oh my God, this sucks and who did this? Like, you know, Lori wanted to find, it was a hit and run. Lori wanted to go get the bastards. Oh, and I'm like, I just like, I just, I, you know, I didn't care at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, just hurting. But anyway, the animal communicator, <laughs> said everything to me that I wrote in my blog, but it came from the dog's perspective. It was just really trippy mm. and said that wow. Homer was a, a peace ambassador and his work here was done and he had other business to get to. Kind of sounds like what, what Richard, kind of the message you were getting. That So it, it was really, first time I thought of, I, yeah, I never consciously thought of dogs and souls. And well, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know um, I do see that, that humans are kind of, 
have an immortal soul and we have missions before and after kind of what we're doing mm -hmm. here now in these physical bodies. Uh -huh. And so that first experience of getting that for the dog too helped me um, get over that, that tragic loss. Um, but I, again, just amazing timing. And then another mm -hmm. message was that Homer kept trying to tell me that he was going to leave and I didn't want to hear it. That's what Homer said through the communicator. I was like, oh yeah, I can buy that. So I'm like, the hints I get like, oh, I don't want to hear that. And that must be years away. Don't, don't say that to me, Homer, in my head. You know? uh -huh. mm -hmm. But, uh, and she also said that, um, and this is something that was really weird to hear. And I still, you know, ponder it that, that he chose to like Homer, you know, chose to like run through the visible fence, get his, get his little shock and chose to go get hit by a car. Wanted to end, wanted to leave that night. Wow. It was truly on, on some level. Mm -hmm. uh, a, so I, yeah, it's a, a conscious or subconscious choice of some mm -hmm. level of his being to say, you know, I've, I've had enough of these humans. I've got things to do. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and I just never come across that. Have, have, wow. Have you heard of anything like that around any animal or? Well, the closest thing is what Richard was saying about his dog being old at two years, two years old, Richard. Yeah, no, so was what I was yeah. telling he was. Yeah. So, so Richard, have you had that? Have you had an animal communicator experience with with any of your prior dogs? No, just the three I have now because um, the network of people, you know, through so, uh, Project Positive Change and things, I, uh, there are several uh, communicators. Um, so more uh, in the last probably year or two, yeah. uh, but not previously. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting though what you're saying and. and it, What's coming to me, Andy, is that, you know, obviously our, our pets have a strong purpose. And, you know, we look at angels, uh, other spirit guides and things like this. And, you know, of course, through your work, you, you get a lot with this. But I think their purpose is so strong for us. And uh, maybe not every animal, but maybe so. Or maybe we're just not in touch with it. Or, you know, just kind of like people who like are just happy to just you know live their life in a very simple way that maybe that's their um their reason for being here and experiencing that life versus someone really ambitious wanting to travel the world or whatever and so maybe the same with, with pets and living different mm -hmm. like maybe a pet with a homeless person I'm, i see that and i think oh my god that you know it's kind of sad but you know how amazing that those two have connected and bonded that mm -hmm. maybe there's that reason and just the same with us as humans like how you know how do we really know when it's time and you know there's different reasons you know people get killed by a car accident they go suddenly or they're just sick for years like my mom was sick 14 years so just different situations so maybe the same with the pets and same like for yours same with sterling you know maybe it's just their time and mm -hmm. for whatever reason mm -hmm. and how they go in different ways just like humans do yeah, I, I'm remembering now hearing, um, I think it's Abraham Hicks talking about wild animals just know when it's the end of the time and they just, you know, they'll just die. But domestic, our pets mm -hmm. will often try to stick around longer because they know they mean something. Um, so they don't always go out at their peak, which um, is kind of how they describe wild animals. They don't, you know, uh, you don't see lions and tigers in the wild gracefully aging old and being an elder and they're like no they're right you know as soon as they start headed downhill from their prime they don't last a hell of a lot longer no. whereas uh domesticated animals will 
will and often because we kind of make them even you know yeah yeah our like you said my jack russell's had a few extra lives along the way because she's been attacked by coyotes oh, wow. three times Ooh. yeah i have no idea how she survived but i'm glad she's wow. still here wow. yeah wow and do you still let her outside at all <laughs> well right now we have a nice fenced in yard used to have a few acres of land and you know you'd let her out because my daughter was younger at the time you know let the dogs out while she's out playing and then we got get home one night and there's my daughter we're coming in and jack russell runs into the house just lays down it's like okay that's weird <laughs> just stopped and they pick her up and it's like ooh, this is not good so yeah a few extra lives there yeah yeah that's impressive you know, um, one of the the first time I consulted an animal communicator friend for a living animal was we we had Sadie, and mm -hmm. it was the first summer we had Sadie, and again we had the visible fence, and she would you know come in when she felt like it, but sometimes she'd be outside till like two and three in the morning, not coming in. We're calling and shaking food out there, like just won't come in, and we just look uh -huh. up the window, and she's just sitting, she's sitting out in the backyard, just looking around, and. We, I'm, I have like an acre and a half and I'm in the woods and we have coyote and deer and wild turkey and lots of stuff. And, uh, and we'd hear the coyotes and we're like, Sadie, get the hell in here. We're trying to be like, no, no. And so I finally asked someone and, and so again, from, from the spiritual, the soul of Sadie's level, it was, mm -hmm. you guys rescued me. I've got to stay out here and protect you. Mm. And so I opened her Akashic records and tried to say, no, you, you don't need to. We don't want you to get hurt. We, we, mm -hmm. we worry more if you stay out all night. So please just come in. Mm -hmm. And, and again, in the rest, this first time I opened my dog's Akasha records and like, oh, I'm, I'm not stupid. If there's more than three, I come inside. But when there's <laughs> one or two, I can stay out there and scare them off. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. You know, but, but, um, you know, the, the, the bonds and, and honor and, you mm -hmm. know, the reciprocal life force is, is there for all of them. And, mm -hmm. you know, like what you said, it's, you know, you have this, the, you know, the ideal just dog, they're just there to be happy and remind you to be happy and in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then there can be other ones that have a, a bigger role to play. And, you know, not just for you, but, you know, in ways that we don't understand. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. They're like, um, oh yes, very much so. So we start so blue cool. um, out there. Sorry, it's so cool. She just sit out there and say, "Nope, I'm doing my job." Yeah. yeah. No, and like on my boys, and you know, they they do watch and protect. Like you know, they're gonna come in the bedroom, or they're gonna stay by the front door, or like Sterling. Really, you know, even as young, really young puppy, he would tend to stay at the other end of the house, and he loved to be outdoors, and he guarded the backyard more than the other two older boys did, and I I, I did get message on him from an animal communicator while he was still with us that, uh, and, and it's interesting because Cameron and I noticed this and thought the same thing beforehand. She said that he sees spirits. So she said like where, she said he gets confused sometimes outside because we see people or trees and rocks, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, but he's seeing uh, spirits. So he's seeing and we, I'd go out and take him out the potty or whatever in the backyard, and he's like looking up at the sky and barking and stuff like, okay, there's nothing around. It's not a tree. And, but he did in the house, and we suspected that. So kind of interesting, like, you know, so when, 
when we get the message later, he's an old soul. It's like, who knows really what he was here and what he was mm -hmm. really doing. So mm -hmm. that's cool. You know, and in, in getting ready for this, I also like looked up some, some research and, you know, what, what, you know, what do people not looking through their animal communicators viewpoint of their dogs, you know, say there's the connection between everyone and, um, you know, humans and, and dogs just go back the, the most number of years as being this interdependent species and that, uh, you know, dogs were the first domesticated animal and, and still are. Mm -hmm. And that there's one, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but there's, this one study that looked at, um, the genealogy of hundreds of thousands of years and says that as both species have relied on each other, the mm -hmm. dog's brain has shrunk 20% because it's become domesticated and doesn't need to be so focused and hunting and gathering and just, it can just be the companion. Okay. And that the human wow. brain has also shrunken because we could have someone else protecting us and we'd have to be alert all night. But the human brain has, has shrunken 10%. So it said so the dogs got the better end of that deal. They could they could relax even more than we have. But <laughs> but I was like, well, if if the old if the story the cliche I don't know what to call it about humans only using ten percent of their brain, mm -hmm. and our brain has also shrunk over time. <laughs> so <laughs> when was the ten percent being used? Was that before or after we shrunk? Again? <laughs> but I, I'd never heard that. Wow. I'd never seen that level of study of. Mm -hmm. Um, but just that it goes back like that far and it's in the, you know, our DNA has even changed. Our physical structure has changed by being able to rely on this, this non-human form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. It is. Yeah. So that was, that was trippy, but, uh, um, yeah, I, so, and I can get that. And that's why even the different, the different cultures of people and, and Richard talking about growing up in Tennessee and in more of the, uh, you know, the, the farming and the outdoors and the, you know, the cowboy mentality and the hunting and the dog being at your side and doing its job, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily just as companionship and just as, um, not just as, you know, not, not seen as a family member, but more as someone, you know, working for you. Mm -hmm. But, but there's still, um, the connections happen. Right. Mm -hmm. hmm. So do you see in in the women or the girls in your life do you see a similar bond with dogs or is it was somehow different for men i do see some and i i did mention earlier um conrad um my first sheltie uh you know over 20 years ago um his brother that i was really wanting that buy blue sheltie ended up being adopted by our neighbors. And that's how we uh, connected with them. And it's interesting, I just got a text from her like in the last minute. And uh, she's <laughs> been checking on me uh, and she lives in the Northeast part of the country. Uh, and she's the one who told me to watch that movie that I watched. But, um, so we have a strong connection here all these years. Um, and we're both in new relationships since that time, but uh, we we had, you know, the brothers, and I mean to the point I just literally like within a minute got a text from her, and uh, but uh, she she's very much the same, and we 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 talked last night for a while on text, and um, so she she definitely has that strong connection. Yeah, she, I don't see it necessarily with 
everyone, but I mean, I've talked with customers and things that have the strong bonds. I think a lot of women do. Yeah. Uh, probably as much as men. Yeah. But I see it with some. So I think what then maybe the better way to, to phrase it or looking at what, what stands out to me is that I get, uh, women are allowed to show that love, that connection to, to people, to dogs, to, to squirrels, to, to whatever it is that they right. want to show love for. But, mm -hmm. but men aren't. Mm -hmm. that yeah. Really true? yeah. I, I think that that would be a, a distinction there of your question and the whole thing with the show is that because men typically and so much of the work that you do through this uh, program, men just so much are not allowed to share, share the feelings. And I like what you shared with, you know, your family at the movies that, you know, the grown men were crying. That was a time like, you know, it's somewhat permissible you know, because the dog died, you know, and uh, even though they were kind of trying to cover it up afterwards, but well, it was but, only yeah. permissible why nobody else saw them. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think that's a difference. I think the women do have the feelings much like we do. It's just that they, uh, it seems like by society's guidelines, they've had permission to do that. Whereas men, we tend to think we don't have the permission to do that. And we haven't done that. Mm -hmm. Do you see a difference in your parents' generation to your generation to the next generation in being allowed to show emotion for for more than dogs i i think so i think there's a a lot of change going on in their uh, world right now that men are uh and i think it's more recent is uh, of what my personal experience is seeing but uh I, I think it's growing more and more i think we're seeing it more on uh you know social media television movies things like that. So I, I see a change, I think, for the good of what you know this program's all about. John, what about you? You seeing changes? Uh a little bit. You know, you know, I can't say that I've seen a lot of changes. You know, I think that, that people are more and more willing to talk about it at least. You know, I'm not sure if it's a generational change or if it's just a change that society is making. You know, maybe more of the people that I'm around are more open about it. So maybe I'm more aware of it. <laughs> and and you travel a lot for business and, and sometimes, you know, um, manage large groups of people. Have you had the experience of someone showing up all choked up and I, I lost my dog yesterday. I, I can't work today. Uh, I can't say that I have. Oh, right. Yeah, it's been, you know, not that I've had that experience, hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I was the one that did that a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I've done it too. Like I, I couldn't. Uh, again, when I lost Sadie, I couldn't go to the gym for two weeks because I knew people on uh, Facebook and knew people going to try like hug me and say sorry. I'm like, no. And when I'm when I'm finally leaving my house, I can finally hold it together. But I I can't hold it together if someone else uh, is going to try to like, hey, how you feeling? <laughs> right. Uh huh. Because yeah, you know when I told my manager. You know, I'm, I'm hysterically crying, barely could get it out what was even going on with me. And I, I said, I've got to leave. She said, I understand. I said, I won't be here tomorrow. That was all that was said. She said, I understand. There was no question. And then I was already scheduled off two days after that. So it gave me at least about four days to kind of pull myself together. Mm -hmm. 
And then, hmm, I want to do something with that phrase, right? Uh, like, because point yourself to all these phrases that we're all used to saying, it makes it sound like that was wrong. That's true. That does. That yeah. does by saying you got to pull yourself together. Yeah. So I like no, you you were. It was great that you had four days to grieve. Yeah. Right. Just the end. Not, not to pretend you weren't or something. Right. Some. Not to yeah. have to go and fall apart and pull yourself together. It's just the process that you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like you said, you couldn't go to the gym for a week. And it was interesting the day after we put Sterling, uh, you know, let him go. Uh, Cameron, my partner, and I both got up that morning, and you know, we've been talking about space clearing for the longest time, and you know, we need to get rid of so many things here in our house. And I don't know, we just started that day. I think part of it was like processing through some of the dog stuff mm-hmm. and uh, donating, and uh, we both like were kind of like wild frantic like okay i'm getting rid of this i'm getting rid of this i'm getting rid of this mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. and to me my thought process was if i can let go of sterling i can let go of anything mm-hmm. there was nothing any more important in my life mm-hmm. you know if it was relationship house whatever it's like if i can let him go i can now let anything go mm-hmm. and i had to do it the day before so yeah yeah Well, I really want to thank you both for um, coming here with such open hearts and, and minds and sharing so much of yourself, your experiences, your your family members, your beloved furry friends, your boys. <laughs> <laughs> the boys, <laughs> the girls. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, my honor to be here. And uh, it, I think because of people like yourself, Andy, and the work that you're doing, that the change that I talked about that I am seeing is occurring because of exactly people like you and the work that you're doing. And like Sean being here and myself, that we're talking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And true. if it's one conversation at a time, you know, that's gonna change the world eventually. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not, you know, if, if our connections with our dogs are so deep and powerful because as men, we're not expected or allowed or encouraged to have that that unconditional love with with other people as easy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I want to change. Like, <laughs> like, would I love my dog as much if I loved everybody just that same amount? You know, I don't know. Right, the dog would still love you. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you've convinced me. I can love everybody. <laughs> 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 uh, thank you both for joining me. Um, visit realmenfree.org for uh, and the blog notes. We have links to the Sean and Richard's websites. You can get in touch with them, learn more about what they're up to in the world. Because it's not just they don't. Oh, Richard, I might have said I can't. I was going to say they, their lives don't revolve just around dogs, but maybe <laughs> Richard's does, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Real Men Phil is brought to you by the Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. And until next time. Take care of yourselves and take care of your dogs. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next week, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. 
reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Show us some love by visiting realmenfeel.org slash swag or digitaltipjar.com slash realmenfeel. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.